Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's the drink talking with the thinking drinkers Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. Older, Budweiser. Hello and welcome to our podcast. It's The Drink Talking, a podcast devoted to drink. We will be pouring drink information into your ears, letting the cork off the bottle, spraying it in and all over your face, uh, talking about uh, spirits, wines and beers. And to do so, we need some experts. That is us. Uh, my name is Tom Sandham and I'm here today to talk to you uh, about spirits. That's my expertise. I talk and write about all sorts of drinks, but I like mostly spirits and cocktails. And with me is my fellow thinking drinker, Ben McFarland. Hello, Ben. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Thanks. Ben. Have you done anything this week that's worth Yes, I've done lots. I've been drinking beer, talking about beer, writing about it. Oh, you love beer. And that's good because yeah. you're the beer expert and to my left which is less relevant to listeners but she is on my left her name is sam caborn and she is our wine expert hello sam hello um so yes i'm the mistress of wine and i'm here to enthrall and enrapture about everything wine related good i don't doubt it and sam is going to be talking about wine and tasting it with us Uh, that's her role today ben is going to be doing a legend of liquor but we start as ever with our first feature which is called spit or swallow here we go tell us tom what is your what is your uh, what are you going to start with your spit or your swallow i will tell you what i'm going to be talking about here and it's first of all going to be my swallow which started as a bit of a spit but i wasn't really sure which way to go with it because it is celebrity endorsed spirits um, which might be seen as a good thing and might be seen as a bad thing and I decided there are many uh, very good looking men who've made some suspect spirits potentially but because they're such good looking men I thought maybe I should swallow it but some of them were really quite dreadful and there has been a a reign of really awful celebrity endorsed products in the spirits world I'm sure it's the same in wine and beer which we can get onto Sam I know there's a few oh, there's people massive of wine. Yeah, but they're not a... endorsed they're actually involved well, they own this, the wineries and this stuff would be, which is slightly different this would be that grey area of how yeah. much have they actually done have they actually stood on the grapes in the case of the wine have they actually distilled anything in the case of spirits well the... Graham North has a saving on out I got sent a sample and you know what it's fine it's not mm. going to set the world on fire but it's definitely I'd say it's a couple of quid more expensive than it should be for the product right. and he blended it 
you know, the winemaker flew over and they blended it with him in Ireland or something. And therefore they can say that he was... <laughs> That's where he lives, <laughs> yeah. in a little house. No, I think they did. I think he up d- your shoes. I saw the promotion <laughs> video oh, and okay. I think actually... It is Fuck off! Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, right. Okay. All right. And, um, and so, therefore, they could say that he was involved in the blend. Right. But what? really, it was a, it's, yeah. a, it's a big PR stunt, and, is... and and the wine is no better than any other at that level. Mm. But I definitely felt it was a so good. Do you think you're two paying or three quid overpriced? So of course you are. Of course you are. And I think that's mm. where this becomes a slight spit. And also the people who take advantage of the association um, and who don't necessarily have a real affection for the process, the provenance, um, and. And, and there are there are some that do. Danny DeVito made a limoncello, which is is a tasty limoncello. And it, can I just say, I've watched in the last week Matilda, yeah, featuring Danny DeVito as the dreadful Mr. Wormwood about five times in the last week. Mr. Okay. My, my son's okay. really into it. He is a great actor. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson made an absinthe, which Ooh, is quite scary. nice. I mean, that's quite a nice association. Was Marilyn Manson in Wonder Years? Wasn't, oh, is that the, one of the uh, rumours that he turned, Paul turned my, out Our producer's yeah, shaking his head no. no that's yeah, that's one of those urban myths. But he did make an absinthe, a very misunderstood spirit, which we will come back to on a tasting. I'm not touching that stuff. Mm, well, you will, because you'll, you'll learn. It's good. You will. And there's nothing wrong with it. But Pharrell Williams... From Wormwood Pharrell, brings us back to Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's, that's that, was a, that, was a, that was the big bang. Uh, <laughs> live on air, coming in your ears. <laughs> Pharrell Williams, sexy singer... Um, oh, I like apparently. a bit of real. Big hat. Yeah. He's good music, but um, but he launched a vodka-based cream liqueur called Ooh. Cream, uh, spelt with a Q. Is that meant to be like a, something sexy? Cream. I mean, <laughs> no. that, you pity the people that do that. Charles Palminteri. Who is he? <laughs> yeah, One well, of my favourite actors. He is a great um, actor. Ron Jeremy. Ron de Jeremy. I was going to get to that. Yes, oh, really? Yes, the uh, the rum, which is a very good rum, but that rum was made, the pun, the guys who make the rum came up with a pun uh, and got him involved rather oh, than him actually launching a rum with them. And I think that's where we get the... Uh, the confusion over what is really a celebrity juice mm. and what is actually just a name put against it. And P. Diddy famously put his name to the process of Siroc. But that is a vodka mm. uh, made from grapes. And actually, that's a really good vodka, as vodkas go, made by a guy called uh, Jean-Sebastien Robiquet. And he has a good standing within the drinks industry. So I think that's where you mm. can say, well, we've partnered with this guy because obviously it will get it in the hands of more people. But actually at the heart of the production is is a real decent producer who I knows think, what he's doing. I think spirits open themselves up more for big celebrity brand endorsement because they've got the cash behind them and they've got big mm. volumes and mm. they're really kind of global. Mm. They seem to be more celebrity endorsements where and actually wine tends to be more people led. actually be yeah more brand led whereas I think um, you know you've got Sam O'Neill in New Zealand doing two paddocks I think it's called and you know he's that's totally his winery I mean mm-hmm. you know he's a winemaker and an mm-hmm. actor mm-hmm. you've got tons of people obviously Brangelina they've got their yeah. Chateau Miraval well, we don't well, 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 well I'm not sure what's going to happen to that, that now yeah, yeah I guess that. they're going to sell not it Brad. not Brad yeah Francis Ford Coppola yeah. But yeah, exactly. I think um, you know Drew Barrymore's got something, yeah. and yeah. Pink, Shecker. Pink's just launched Who's one as well. Formula um, One. Don't drink yeah. and drive. No, don't even. Pop. But there's a lot. There's a lot of. Um, I mean, I was brought onto the subject because there was a, a recent judgment on a, a brand launched by Dan Aykroyd, the film star who mm. has his own vodka. And Crystal Head Vodka comes in a Crystal Head bottle, and a tequila brand launched a tequila in a crystal shaped 
bottle, uh, and they lost because actually Dan Aykroyd skull launched one? this skull, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's good vodka, and he is very passionate about it. And we've actually met him um, and, and interviewed him. Mm. You can actually see that on our, on our YouTube channel, uh, Dutch Wink. So you can go and have a look at us interviewing Dan Aykroyd there. And he's a really good guy, but he's really passionate about Dutch the project. Dutch Wink or Dutch Oven? Dutch Wink is Dutch the Dutch, Dutch Wink because uh, we used to run a website called Dwink.com, which became ThinkingDrinkers.com. But oh. anyway, he's um, he's a great guy. He's really passionate about it. He thought about the whole concept, and the reason it's in a crystal head skull is because he's got this affection for these stories about these skulls that were found in 13 different locations around the world, and the Mayan cultures and Navajo cultures apparently believed these to have come from aliens. I mean, he's got a lot of great stories about Sounds UFOs. Like and, yeah, it's all a bit mystical and unusual, and he and he filters it over Herkimer diamonds, which are semi-precious stones, but got this spiritual connection, and he admits that it does absolutely nothing to the vodka. Uh, he describes it as tying a psychic bow over the whole story, and he really cares about the story. And yes, it's marketing, but he's been involved from the very beginning and cares about the liquid that comes out at the end. And when you see it done well like that, and there's plenty of sort of innovation around the, the bottle and everything, it's just like, well, fair play if you really care mm. and you're in well, a position yeah, to do yeah. it, then, then I, I say, I'll swallow your vodka, Dan, yeah. but I might spit out the tequila that was made by Mario Lopez of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> that is uh, swings and roundabouts. Um, any uh, celebrity endorsed beers? There's Iron Maiden beer. Yeah, uh, well, well Trooper <laughs> is brewed in association with Iron Maiden, mm. and that is one of the fastest selling or fastest growing beers in the UK. But what they've done there, they've looked at the sort of beer drinking crowd, and then they've looked at the sort of heavy metal kind of rock mm. crowd. Mm. If they were in a Venn diagram, they'd be concentric circles, yes. really, wouldn't they? Mm. And it's brewed up at Robinson's, and that is done amazingly well. Mm. It's, it's drinkable. It's functional. Functional. Yeah, functional. Yeah, and um, I'm sure in a plastic glass at a festival, it does its job. Delicious. But Oh, Rick Astley recently really? did. Really? Yeah, he did He's one with, with Mikel Pat that's mm. pretty good. Okay. Um, and Steve Knight. You might not know Steve Knight. But he owned a brewery relatively recently Who called is Freedom. He? Steve Knight, he is a film director. He wrote Peaky Blinders. Oh. He wrote um, the new one, the, Tom the new one, uh, yeah. Taboo. Mm. He was also the, one of three people who came up with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in a pub. He's done all right for himself. Yeah, Very so he's good. done all right. And um, Dirty Pretty Things he did as well. Mm. So he actually owned a brewery. I went and visited him. Mm. And, and he was very well into it. Yeah. Okay. So, well, there you go. That was, so was, so that, that, was my, that was my swallow. And my spit really could have been a swallow as well, mm. because um, really, I want to talk about innovation. <laughs> I know, mm. listeners, you are... Can I make a cup of tea, people? <laughs> you are. You're keen to hear this one. But actually, it's my spit, because I recently uh, had to stand up at the Worshipful Company of Distillers mm. and debate with three other people about innovation. And the House believes that innovation is a more effective tool for growth than acquisition in the spirits industry. And that was what mm. I was arguing. And I was arguing it up against a man called Paul Walsh. The Spurs footballer. Unfortunately no. not. <laughs> no, the former CEO of Diageo, blue chip company who was earning a lot of money at one stage and acquired a lot of spirits. And he was arguing that acquisition is a better way to grow spirits. And I argued that actually innovation was. And I argued it uh, using a PowerPoint presentation, Ooh. using slides with monkeys on 
and Alan Titchmarsh, which gives you some indication of how out of my depth I was. But I should say this, I lost, I lost, I lost the debate. And Acquisition won. There were 200 people in the room. 70% of them went with Acquisition over innovation. I just thought, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it, guys? Just a bit of fun. These are the great and the good distillers, owners of brands, Mm. and, you know, people who I would hope have innovated at some point. Mm. And they went with Acquisition. It's easier. Well, it you is just easier. Your cash at it. It's a hell of a mm. lot easier. And grow. But I just, Innovation actually requires brains, not it bucks. It does, but everyone has to innovate. And one of the arguments from Paul Walsh was through acquisition, de facto, you neutralise the competition. If you're buying a brand or buying the market, de facto, you are stopping a competitor doing exactly the same. Or indeed, you're capturing the brand that would compete against your innovation. So you're consolidating your position of strength. Well, yeah, that's lovely. And I do understand that's why you do it if you had a big wad of cash. But mm. you've got to buy something that someone's innovated. And the innovation is the idea. If you have a good idea, then you're better than the person who hasn't got a good idea. But, you? I mean, but that just suggests that not enough people have any good ideas. And it's mm. easier just to buy yeah. out yeah. whoever's you know trampling on your patch of grass. But also, if you are in innovation and you're an innovative distiller or brewer or winemaker, then... It's very hard to start a business and get it going and and make it work. It's a lot of hard work. And these companies like Diageo, Pernod Ricard, all these big spirits companies, when they buy you, that is actually quite an incentive for someone entrepreneurial and an innovator. It's a massive incentive. It incentivizes a lot more innovators in mm. the spirits industry perhaps than something like the beer industry where there is arguably you can make a lifestyle choice. You still have to make a profit. This is all about money. You have to make a profit to make your next batch. Maybe acquisition isn't what's driving your, your lifestyle choice to become a brewer. In spirits, I'd say more so you think about the big buyout at the end and Sipsmith great guys mm. great gin they were recently bought by um, Beam Suntory for I don't know how much money but uh, a lot of money quite a lot we're the first to congratulate them and, and their spirit is now going to get into hands of more people and that is a positive thing Ben, we as thinking oh, please, drinkers, please, I'm sure someone Sam, come by our company. We are innovators. <laughs> please, we are innovators. Oh, you can have it 100% of the company. Well, for how much? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 million pounds, and we'll walk away and leave you to it. 100% of the I said 2 million at the debate. Um, it's gone someone up. came up and said you should have said 20, uh, not because no one's buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go long. I mean, it is a problem in some ways, but. No, it's all part of it. It's capitalism, isn't it? Yeah. If you start a business, you are hoping to make some money. It's capitalism. And there's nothing inherently wrong with acquisition. I just think that innovation is more important for the growth of anything, any new movement. And um, and I had an opportunity to say that here after the debate's finished and I lost. <laughs> and those oh. guys aren't here, so gutted. Yeah. <laughs> In your say, face. I've got to say what I want. CEOs. And that is my spit, uh, acquisition oh. over innovation. And there we go. That's my spit or swallow. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Now it is time for a short break while the money men that we have derided so much will have a chance to give us their messages via the form. Sell their wares. And when we come back, we will be enjoying a wine tasting with Sam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Ben McFarland from The Thinking Drinkers, and you're listening to It's the Drink Talking. Great. <laughs> Welcome back. And I'm going to whiz you all through to Sherry's. Yay! <laughs> I like Sherry. Well, I'm um, off to Barcelona, and I thought I'd get in a Spanish vibe by enjoying a couple of Sherry's. Nice. Good. So we've got two sherries to try, a Fino sherry and an Oloroso sherry, and they're both dry. So let me get the first one going. So um, sherry is a fortified wine made from the Palomino grape, not very well known, and basically it tastes of nothing. So it doesn't really go into much apart from sherry. So sherry is from the Jerez region, nice. region in Spain. And it has to come from there by Spanish law to be sherry. And actually, the word sherry is an anglicised version of Jerez. Ah. Sherry must legally come from either Jerez de la Frontera, San Luca de Maramida, or El Puerto de Santa Maria. Wow. Yeah. Do you speak Spanish? That's no. pretty good. <laughs> no. No, just sweet. So basically, there's a number of different types of sherry. So if you look at sherry on a bottle, Fino is the lightest. And they're all fortified, but Fino is only fortified to 15.5%. And then you get Manzanilla, which is a different version of Fino, which can only come from San Luca de Baramida, which is on the coast and it's by the sea. And you're meant to get more of a slight salty tang from Manzanilla. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on, carry on. Is that something that happens? Because they often say that about wines, that if it's by the coast that you're going to get a salty thing going on. Um, it's you know kind of what? This sort of minerally, sort of seaweedy, uh, you know, iodine. It does taste saltier. Okay. And if you think about some Australian wines that taste massively of eucalyptus, and they've got those trees quite mm, near them, koalas. No, don't taste koalas. <laughs> no, um, they like eucalyptus. <laughs> right, yeah. I just <laughs> rather than the wine taste of koalas. So you know, you've got your vine or whatever. You know, the roots are in the soil. <laughs> <laughs> Master of wine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you got your vibe, you, whatever. you know, whatever that is, whatever that shit is. <laughs> and then no, maybe... It looks some, like a tree. And there's some grapes on it, I think. So you've got your vine, the roots go into the soil. So what is completely clear is obviously anything that's coming up through the roots, into the vine, into the berries, that's totally understandable. That's mm. coming from the soil. So you get vitamins and nutrients and all that kind of thing. Bugs. Bugs. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know there's something in, in wine called mog? It's a Megan Mog. Yes, it's true. No, it's Mog. So when you when you got all the grapes in and you've harvested the grapes, people have to go through the grapes looking for Mog, 
matter other than grapes, like spiders and stuff, which you'd want to take out. Yeah. And in um, organic wine, would you just leave all of that stuff in there? And Well, I think you'd probably want to get rid of that anyway. still get rid of it. It's yeah. not real organic, not nice. then, is it? But I think what's interesting is the stuff that, like, through, um, oh, my God, my biology days are long gone. You know, the, the, you know, the leaves, like um, photosynthesis. photosynthesis. What, if anything, from the air... Are the leaves sort of um, taking in and yeah, and what maybe does penetrate the berries? So that's what's interesting with this whole thing, like, like the eucalyptus. You know, apparently if you have like, raw full bush fires, <laughs> you right. know, the, some of the wines can be quite smoky. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So somehow, yeah. you know, with this salty tang and with various things, there are yeah. environmental factors that definitely and indisputably affect yeah. the wine. Yeah. So we'll talk of this penetration and bushfires i mean yeah. are we going to actually taste some yeah sorry <laughs> okay chat. so here we've got a phenote now both of these wines are from waitrose and this one is pale and dry sherry from waitrose it's a phenote and it's 6.99 and also the 6.99 um, well that's another Get thing out of town. That sherry, is, um, that sherry, is. sherry is so cheap and this isn't just 6.99 for a half a bottle this is 6.99 for a 75ml bottle. <laughs> Two litres. And it's you know, and it's 15% volume. Blimey, that is good that value is for money. Why? A, a couple of reasons, I think. Yeah. I think while it's more on trend than it used to be, you know, sherry wasn't very cool. It was definitely considered a bit of a granny drink. You know, mm. have something after church, that kind of thing. And now with the rise of um, tapas and Spanish restaurants... And the end of God. And, and <laughs> the you know now sherry's much trendier, and particularly in the wine trade, it's a really popular aperitif. Once it's open, you can pop it in the fridge for a significantly longer time than a bottle of wine. You know, a good few weeks, mm. and it's very refreshing. The thing that's quite interesting is oxidized wine is a fault, right? Mm. But then this is sort of a deliberately oxidized mm. wine. So if you had a bottle of normal wine like a Chardonnay, and it was Oxidized, it would taste like sherry, and you'd send it back. But the interesting thing about sherry is they've done it on purpose, and you know that's how it's meant to taste. So but I, this is like in a previous podcast we did. I brought out deliberately kind of sour shitty beers, yeah. <laughs> the shitty ones. It's not how they talk about themselves, but yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like when it's deliberate, mm. people wax lyrical about it. But then I suppose it's about what your expectations are. The flavour experience of that fino versus those sour beers, I don't find it so far no, removed from a dry a... white. So yes. let's um, so fino show is oops is really light and fresh. And it's got quite a pale colour and it's quite lightly nutty. Like, what do you guys think of it? I, I really it. like it. I like <coughs> finos though, and I I mean even something like a Tio Pepe, which would be a really nice on a hot day. In fact, where we record this, there's a, a new sherry bar called Sack just opposite, mm. and you're seeing a lot more people going for it because I think on a day like today, and we're recording, it's very warm. That clean, mm. dry hit is but just the length perfect. and those lovely kind of um, sort of grilled nuts on the finish. Mm. Like mm. it is a really, it's a really delicious drink, and it's yeah, it's such good value and it's so that. delicious. It's six pounds six nine. That's amazing. And it's made in association with Lustau, who make the second one we're going to try as well. Uh, okay, I so mean it's, it's it's almost on my price point of under five ninety nine. When I look for a bottle of wine in the supermarket, can you stop banging your table with your knees? What, why so do you keep big. stretching? It's not my knee. Um, <laughs> and I just have to cover off quickly the topic of floor. Yes, I, yes. I, I, this, floor. I, I was going to ask Who you is about she? Who is she? That's floor, not fleur. Um, so basically, when you get sherry, it falls into two distinct categories. Either the wines that are fortified to about 15, 15.5%, which allows the floor, which is a yeast-like growth, to basically grow on top of the liquid in the barrel, and it prevents 
the wine from suffering from excessive oxidation and keeps it really fresh okay. and light and okay. like this. And then if you have a sort of a richer style of wine, like an Amontillado or an Oloroso, the alcohol levels go higher to like 18 and 20 and the floor can't grow. So you're having a much richer, nuttier, more oxidised type okay. of sherry. And is so that what we're having That's what we're going to have now. Okay. Um, so this would be the Oloroso. But I thought, I thought a lot of that character came from... Uh, the ageing, the resting in yeah. wood or maturation. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so a couple of things. Oh, oh, do you want to take yeah. some parts oh, off? So listeners, the, the Fino is called Pale and Dry and it basically does what it says in the bottle. It is pale and dry. The sherry has had this um, floor yeast covering which protects it from oxidation and it's just delicious, fresh, tight, crisp, lightly nutty. And then you look at the Oloroso and it's a beautiful kind of amber colour. Mm. It's, like um, it's like a really aged rum, isn't it? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Lovely. And it's also had lots of thyme and oak. Right. And, and, what, and, they, use, from. and they use European oaks, so... Um, oh, I don't do it, actually. I uh, think it's stored in 500 litre casks. That might be um, um, North American oak. Mm. And then what happens is, one of the famous things about sherry is it's Asian Solera system. I don't know if you've heard mm. of that. I have heard yes. it. In fact, as a kappa of rum, and there's a rum that's made in Venezuela, Santa Teresa, and they both use this method, which they've taken from the sherry industry. OK, so it's, quite... so it's quite cool. Basically, you just have sort of barrels on top of each other and it's called, it's basically a system of fractional blending. So it's called running the scales. We basically just pull off a bit of, of the liquid from the bottom and you top it up with the younger stuff above it and so on and so forth. Mm. So it's kind of for consistency and... Um, so you have a mixture of different aged yeah. sherries yeah. in there. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So for those, in the Kappa case, they, they talk about their... Rum being twenty three years old, but actually, what I mean is the, the yeah, oldest yeah, part component the, the, of that. Yeah, and sherry has to be in the Solera, Asian Solera, for a minimum of three years. So that's what's adding all that colour to it, um, and a bit of wood. Character and it tastes, and, and it smells quite caramelly. You have mm, got that classic sort of vanilla, <clears throat> and on, on the palate, it should be a bit weightier, and also really distinctly more nutty. It's more complex. There's mm. a lot more going on there, thanks to that wood. Mm. But I have to say, because of that. Mm. I prefer the Fino. I well, think. I think Do they suit. Also, oh my I, god, I, I love this stuff. I think they stuff. suit different occasions. Yes. And this is like, six ninety nine as well. And that is no, amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, both from Waitrose. Now, mm. when, oh my god, that's when so we, yum. It is very Tom, nice. Where Tom and I used to work, it was on a, a magazine called The Publican. They used to go mm. out to pubs. Great days. Mm. Great days. And every year, I would write, "This is the year for Sherry mm. to make its comeback." And literally, I would cut and paste this article. <laughs> every year. I can say that now because I lived every year <laughs> and change a couple of uh, cultural references. And it never was. I it's think we're there. never, we're, we're ever there. taken off. The whole Riesling revival, I think Riesling, German Riesling particularly, got so stung by Hock and Blue Nun and Lee Frau Milch and stuff. that what, an what's every- wrong with those? <laughs> every every year you're talking to my cellar <laughs> people are like Riesling, Riesling, Riesling and it's so delicious it's such a great alternative to like a Sauvignon it's quite low alcohol and it's so mm. delicious I particularly like um, Australian Rieslings but this I mean this Oloroso occasionally if I'm thirsty I've got a, a bottle of Palo Cotardo in my, in my larder I'll take a quick swig mm, it's just yeah. so yum that's just a lifestyle it's nutty fresh but it, it's the kind of thing I imagine drinking at a time that never actually comes around for me. Like this idea mm. that you sit in your garden outside, you've got, Relaxing. So you've got, you've got some. Well, we've all got, you've got a bowl children, full of so almonds and nuts and things like that, and you sit there and it's chilled. That, and it just, mm. yeah, I can totally appreciate 
that it works. It's just like all these Mediterranean drinking rituals are well, so difficult yeah. to and, recreate. But also, here. let's be honest, it's all about choice. So for me, would I, in that situation, have A, a Fino Sherry, B, a gin and tonic, three, a glass of fizz? A, I'd B, go for, A, B, yeah, three. A, B, yeah. That sounds for, like you've had all I'd three. go for... Did I say A, B, three? A, B, three. You've spent too much time with your son. But I think that is the great I thing I would go for the fizz. Of, no, I'm just saying we should. Yeah, well, and do you know why? I think we should stop working so hard. I think we should get home earlier. Yeah. And we should embrace this. You don't work hard enough, Ben. You no. can ill afford, based <laughs> on our accounts, well, I'm just to stop you working to so hard in adversity. Finish but. my section, which is, um, and then the Oloroso, I think it's for a different occasion. Yes. Cheese. Can you imagine lovely Comte yeah, with this? Yeah, it's much it's like more food This is quite a food I, pairing. Yeah. I would have this Oloroso. Yeah, I think I'd have it with cheese. Mm. Either way. Yeah, uh, they both have their role. Nice nutty conte. Really nice, and I love sherry, and that mm. was a brilliant tasting. Lovely stuff. Um, so that, chaps, is the end of my sherry it, tasting. It was, it was did, you, so, uh, did you prefer the fino or the rosso, Tom? Different, I, I'm, different a fino, I'm a fino man. I, Your fino, uh, both in, for different occasions. Mm. Different occasions. Mm. I'd like them both in my fridge. Yeah. So yeah. I enjoyed those being in my mouth, and now it is time for our legend of liquor. Listeners, Tom, Sam, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus Christ, Ooh. our Lord, our men, mythical wizard, fictional superhero, Jesus Christ. You know, we're not, sorry, 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 sorry. What? Can I interrupt there? Mm. You know, Jesus is an historical figure. Jesus actually did exist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is neither this is... the time nor the place, okay. ladies and gentlemen, well, no, no, for us on, to discuss Before we get on to him. Because I think it's quite interesting. I was talking about it with my, um, a, a couple of years ago with my mum, and she said she was like, um, all that money on your education, and um, you think Jesus is real. And I was like, well, I always thought he was fake, and now my understanding is that he actually is an historical figure. Well, he Fact. would have been part of a, a set of people who would have stood on boxes and told people spiritual things. I'm not saying was I he, you know, uh, I'm not so saying I believe in the virgin birth or anything like that. Yeah, Look yeah. at the <laughs> viper's nest you've, yeah. you've <laughs> talking to <laughs> snakes, Adam and Eve uh, apple cider. Yeah, so the, the fictional or not fictional mm. wizard, who knows Jesus Christ. Now tell me what is his most famous trick apart from walking, coming back from the walking dead. Walking on water. Apart from that, okay. turning water into wine. Yeah. yeah. Compared to other magicians, he had a lot of tricks in his locker. But his one. most famous, which Sam rightly pointed out, was turning water into wine oh, at yes, the wedding of one. Cana. We've mm. all read it. Now, this didn't happen. I can tell you why. Because he didn't turn water into wine, he turned water into beer. No. And there is a lot mm. of evidence to back this up. There is historical evidence, geographical evidence, biblical <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Read your list. I, and I'm, I'm going to feign. I'm going to feign not knowing this, but of course we've said this in. And it's sartorial evidence as well. Show. So let me go through it. Right? Can I get free tickets to it? You can. Thanks. We've looked into this. This is not just something we've come pasted off the Wikipedia. <laughs> there is evidence to suggest that he turned water into beer. Mainly because if you think of ancient Israel, where he hung out, that's his manor. <laughs> Either side, you had Egypt and Mesopotamia, both of which were hotbeds of beer and brewing. In ancient Egypt, the guys that built the pyramids were paid in beer. Mm. Ten pints of beer every day. Beer was about 6%. Did quite a good job, mm. given that they must have been pretty smashed. <laughs> and we've talked about that before. But ancient Israel was 
no different to its nearest neighbours in it. Barley was consumed and harvested in huge quantities. But the evidence is in the original Bible, in the original scripture. Jesus rocks up at the wedding of Cana and turns water into something called... Wine. No, Shekhar. <laughs> Shekhar. Okay, and Shekhar is... Sounds a like Hebrew, punishing the porcelain. It's a Hebrew word meaning strong drink. So everyone's thought mm. that's wine. But Shekhar is mentioned throughout the Bible more than two dozen times in the Bible. And for about 20 of those occasions in the Bible where it's mentioned, the word for wine is mentioned alongside it. Shekhar couldn't or shouldn't mean wine. It means strong drink, and people have assumed it's wine, but it's not. It's beer. Because mm. Shekhar comes from the Semitic <clears throat> word sikaru, which means barley beer. But it's also more likely. If you think about it, you've got a load of people in a hot climate. They're all quite thirsty, bigger volumes, more refreshing. It makes a lot more sense. Not Absolutely. that refreshing, I suppose, because they didn't have fridges. So no. Probably quite no, but, a murky, warm porridge. But still... Why on earth do we all think it's wine then? I mean, what, well, what, what have they done? because I tell about? you what, thanks for the question, Tom. It's all right, I'm primed <laughs> again. Yeah. Come and see our show. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll also in the Bible, there's loads of mentions of it. Their beer is eulogized mm. as a medicine for melancholy. Uh, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 6. <laughs> you made that up. No, no, no Simon Proverbs. It. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so it's mentioned throughout the, the Bible as well. But the reason we think that um, he turned water into wine and not water into beer is because in the 17th century, English translators of the original scriptures, mm. in an astonishing display of academic arrogance, took oh. it upon themselves to change the word from beer to wine. Because in the 17th century, beer was seen as the poor man's drink and wine was seen very mm. much as the More rich man's drink. And they thought, aspirational. Absolutely. We can't link it to Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, Amen. Yeah, because he was, they thought, like the central character mm. in this novel... We want him to be a bit more lardy dar. We want him to be the kind of guy that goes to all bar one. Mm. Yeah, I think that's an error. But he wasn't, was he? He was a guy mm. of the people. He was a guy of the people. He drank pints with a common man. His yeah. dad was a chippy. A chippy, as in going to chip shop. No, he's no. a carpenter. That's a good point, though. So they wanted him to be a kind of insouciant, mm. kind of rich, sort of uh, more Winston Churchill esque. Well, no, no. I think they wanted to be a bit more kind of leather jacket kind yeah. of guy, but oh. he wasn't. He was a beer drinker. Have you ever been to a beer festival? Mm-hmm. you'll see that they wear sandals, they've got beards, mm. they look a bit scruffy, they hang out with other men in beer and sandals. Exactly what Jesus That did. was Jesus. That was you Jesus. Know, so, I mean, the evidence is across the board. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. And if you don't believe me, ladies and gentlemen... Do, you know what? I do believe you. Where do you think the word Hebrew comes from? Hey, There we go. Oh. Oh. So I think that it's is nailed on, It's nailed, nailed on. on. Have nailed you thought on. about retraining and becoming a lawyer or a barrister? Oh. Yeah, I could defend Jesus mm-hmm. in court. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be defending our business in any sense. No, but so I do I'd think it's... Um, never use you. Nice yes, one. I think everyone should go and spread the gospel. And also, apparently, let's assume that he did turn water into wine. Apparently, in the Bible, there is a bit where the woman says, basically, they run out of wine. And they were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to mm. do? And then Jesus turned water into wine. Sorry, beer. <laughs> and the woman said to him, oh, this is good because this is actually better than the wine we ordered in in the first place. And normally what we do is we drink the good shit first and then towards the end of the evening we that bring out the yeah. yeah, and he was like, that's totally different. So not only did he turn, his magic trick was pretty good, but he 
the wine stroke beer that he made was apparently Better. really good. Mm. Mm. That, that's so very impressive. Good, well, there's a, ce- yeah. a, a celebrity. Brewer. I mean, going back to our Spittle so, Swallow, yeah. there's a celebrity yeah. endorsed product. He made it and it was good. Well, Ben, thank So there we you. go. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our saviour, and our beer drinker. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great legend of liquor and a perfect That's going to be hard to beat, Tom. I'm now feeling on the back foot. Well, yeah, I don't know. I I'm mean, glad I've no had done mine already. Probably as famous as Jesus, but it was a good one. So thank you for giving it to us, to the listeners for putting it in their ears. And thank you, everyone, for their contributions today. It's been a sterling podcast, I'm sure you'd agree. So if anyone is uh, interested in trying those delicious sherries at home, which I would highly recommend, to reiterate, they're both on Waitrose, both the Fino and the Oloroso, and they're £6.99. So yeah, Fino, Pearl and Dry Sherry and the Waitrose Oloroso Sherry. And we will be back next week with more drinks information for you. Uh, Next time, I will be doing a legend of liquor. It will be a gin legend, in fact. Uh, Sam, what will you be doing? Spit or swallow. Sam will be spitting or swallowing. Tune in to find out. And Ben, you will be... I'll be doing a tasting of Australian beer. Record bouncer. Oh, wicked. Awesome. Flaming galah. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that and more innuendo I'm sure and if you want any more wine information then go to my site www.themistressofwine.com if you've enjoyed this podcast and like to learn more about drink then you can see Ben and Tom the thinking drinkers in our live show where we'll be tasting alcohol making you laugh we're on tour all dates and ticket prices can be found on our website www.thinkingdrinkers.com Please buy a ticket. Thank you for listening. Ta-ta. Cheers. Cheers. This was a Grand Crew podcast from Seven Digital. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.